Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. And welcome to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I am Christiana Villegas, event coordinator of Marquardt Law Firm and co-host on Talk Law Radio. Talk Law Radio is sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm, and we're joined today here with attorney Lisa Vance and Pastor Dan Muller. How are you doing today, Todd? I'm great. How are you guys, uh, Pastor and Lisa? Oh, happy to be here. Thank you. I'm doing well. Good. We we finally uh, got to have another waffle this morning. Yes, we got to visit Sabor Cocina Bar. Uh, on the pun, Cocina Bar. Uh, turns out to be a breakfast and a place for after hours. But the breakfast was terrific this morning with their OP platter. Yeah, we we didn't have any alcoholic drinks. We just had our our breakfast. Uh, It was good, and we're still looking for that uh, brown crispy waffle. If anyone out there knows where I can find a brown crispy waffle, give us a call at 210-308-8867, and you can let us know on the air. So aside from talking about our breakfast plans, we're not just on here to discuss that, right, Todd? What is Talk Law Radio about? The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And the State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs our law license, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but does not want us to attempt to solve individual legal problems with the basis of general information. Instead, contact a lawyer like Marquardt Law Firm to discuss your specific facts and circumstances for your unique situation. But before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Of course. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Be with all Christian families, Lord, granting the strength, mutual affection, and the grace to raise their children in faith. Please help Pastor Dan Miller, Attorney Lisa Vance, Christiana, and me to give good information to the listeners today about the law and gospel. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
So thank you for joining us today, Lisa and Pastor Dan. How has your morning been going? Well, once I got through the traffic jam on I-10, and you were so <laughs> gracious to guide me through that. Um, oh, I'm glad you were able great. to find it. I yeah, I-10 can able. be that way. It can be a challenge. Yeah. My morning is going great. Um, I'm looking forward to the time we spend together, and then after that, I'm going to take my uh, grandkids off-road bicycling. Oh, that's nice. And uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the law and gospel of divorce. If uh, there's anybody out there that has questions about Texas law or about what the Bible says about divorce, give us a call. The number to dial today is 210-308-8867. We are live today with Pastor Dan and Attorney Lisa Vance. So don't be shy. Share with us your questions and concerns about going through divorce. Let's find out a little bit about our guests. Lisa, you're first. I know that you don't want to talk about yourself, <laughs> so I'll just ask you some questions. Thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, where did you go to law school? I went to law school at St. Mary's University here in San Antonio. It's a great school. That's where I went, too. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been practicing? 38 years. You've got lots of experience. It's a nice way to say that I'm really old. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, it's been, a long, it's been a wonderful journey. And... Now you focus on family law, but you actually have a, a very broad legal background. You, you've done some other things in the past, right? Well, I was trained as a trial lawyer back in the early 80s. I was trying cases to juries about one time a month, and I tried my first lawsuit to a jury before I was out of law school, because in those days one could. Um, so that was really fabulous training. Um, young lawyers don't get that opportunity anymore because of the changes in the law. But it makes one more comfortable, I think, in a courtroom to have been grilled so constantly at such an early and impressionable, impressionable right. age. Yeah, that's interesting the way it used to be. Uh, I did get the chance to go through a student lawyer program with the clinic at St. Mary's. So that was my third year. And I think that uh, they do that semester by semester now to give more kids a chance. Right. I just don't know if they – I don't know enough about the program to speak. Um, yeah, maybe it wasn't like you had it. Right. It wasn't – it didn't exist back in those days. But it's a great idea and a great opportunity for underprivileged people to have access to lawyers. We refer – potential clients to St. Mary's Law Clinics all the time. Now, I know that you don't like to brag about yourself, so I'll, I'll just ask you about some of the accolades that I've seen about you. Um, what does it mean to be an AV lawyer? You've been recognized as an AV lawyer. And so are you, by the way. Right. So what I say about me applies to you as well. I just don't like to brag about it. Okay, so can I just do it from your perspective? <laughs> sure. So that means that Todd Marquardt has reached the pinnacle of ethics because that's what the A stands for. Uh, the A actually stands for the pinnacle being the, the pinnacle in your field. So mm -hmm. you have the highest level of skill 
in estate planning and guardianships, which is where our firm always refers our complex guardianships and complex estate planning to you because you are recognized as an expert in your field. And the V means that you have the very top ethics. So not only are you recognized as a, an expert in estate planning and elder law, but you are also recognized as having the top expert, top um, ethics. And if I can just say a little about that program, it is based on uh, lawyer and judicial rankings, not client reviews, mm-hmm. but people within our industry who know us and feel comfortable recommending or not. Um, it includes judges and lawyers alike. So it's um, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. <laughs> well, thank you. Pam. And and the reason that uh, I refer you all of our our family law questions, issues, and and potential clients is because you have that same recognition, and I know firsthand that you're a fierce advocate for your clients in court, uh, Lisa hired me when I was uh, not even uh, licensed yet, Uh, helped her with a a case. Um, Let's see, what year was that? I guess it must have been 2006. Right. And uh, so she she taught me a lot about how to um, be a fierce advocate for clients. And as I recall, I tried to offer you a job and you weren't (laughs) interested, which... I'm still struggling to get over to that, but I'm, I think I'll manage maybe someday. <laughs> well, thank you for giving us some background. It's good for the listeners to know something about you. Uh, Pastor Dan, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. First, um, I'm impressed. I've known you since before you were in law school. and I That's didn't, right. I didn't know about the AV thing, and... Uh, your stock has just risen significantly. <laughs> Good for you. I'm proud of you. Too. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, when did you start pastoring? Started pastoring in 1975. Wow. Um, so I've been a pastor 44 years. I was um, full time for 40 years. I retired in 2014, and since then I've been serving different churches as an interim pastor. Um, Started in Kerrville, then Uvalde, then here in San Antonio, then Gonzales, then Rosanke. Uh, now I'm back at the church I retired from. And where did you go to school? I went to school at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Um, gorgeous campus. Um, was there for four years. In our church body, you have to get a bachelor's degree. It can be a bachelor's degree in any field can be a Bachelor of Science or a Bachelor of Arts, and then you go to the seminary for two years. You do a year of internship, then you go back for a year, and then you graduate. Uh, and, and if you're certified, um, you stand you know, you know, stand for a review, um, kind of like a doctoral examination, and um, if you're certified, then you're eligible to be placed in a church. And I was placed in Laredo, uh, I was the only bilingual in my graduating class, and I was asked if I would consider a bilingual setting, and I distinctly remember saying no, and uh, I was sent to Laredo, uh, which is technically not bilingual. It's English as a second language in Laredo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there for three years and then came to San Antonio. But you have radio experience, right? I do. I was a newsman for three years. 
In St. Louis? In St. Louis at KFUO Radio, the oldest continuous religious radio license in the United States. Wow. Yeah, goes back to before the Second World War. Okay, so you have experience as a pastor and on the radio. Mm -hmm. It looks like you were well prepared to come and be our guest then today. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) And tell us about uh, some of the focuses of your your ministry through those 40 years. I've always... Um, I've always had a soft spot for children. And uh, when I came to San Antonio, to Shepherd of the Hills in San Antonio, um, one of the conditions that I made for accepting their offer, uh, their call, was that we would start a school. And so in, um, I arrived in San Antonio in 1978 in November. And in May of 1979, we started a Mother's Day Out program in uh, September of that year, we started our school with eight kids and two teachers. Um, in January of 1980, we opened a child care center. Uh, by the grace of God, the school has grown and the child care has grown. Uh, enrollment now is around 400. Um, we, we take care of kids from the age of six weeks through eighth grade. Um, we have, and I'm kind of proud of this, we have some very um, successful sports programs. Uh, a few years ago, our uh, school almost, our school came within three points and 59 seconds of winning the national uh, basketball championship oh, of wow. Lutheran schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at that game, and I still grieve that we didn't get it. <laughs> just need that free throw then. Yeah, yeah. So during that time of ministry, you probably had uh, a chance to pastor people that were going through divorce. Oh, yeah. I've been a, like I said, I was, I was full-time for 40 years. Uh, even in retirement, I've done six weddings. Um, I'm guessing that I officiated at close to 400 weddings in my career, and I wish I could say that every one of them was still married, but uh, they aren't. Um, Some still are and some aren't. When I was uh, sending announcements for my own marriage, um, one of our family friends back in New Mexico, she happened to bump into me. you know, before the the marriage ceremony. And she said, Todd, I just want you to know in advance that I'm not getting you a gift because I'm not not sure whether you're going to remain married. You know, this was an older lady. She was a little bit grumpy. And she said, if you make it five years, give me a call, and then I'll give you your wedding gift. Well, then we're going to have to look into what happens when the marriage doesn't work out when we come back from our break. So you are tuning in to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. Pastor Dan Muller and attorney Lisa Vance will be sharing with us about their takes on divorce. Call in with your questions at 210-308-8867. This is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.
and know him from Talk Law Radio. Now ask him your questions. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die? Or become disabled instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need to meet the Marquardt Law Firm. RSVP today for their latest seminar at 11 a.m. November 12th at the Grand View of Westover Hills at 8627 Lakeside Parkway in San Antonio. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're joined today on the topic of divorce laws with attorney Lisa Vance and Pastor Dan Muller. Now, Ms. Vance, you have experience with working with divorce. Can you share with us a little bit about what to expect with those laws? Sure. The Texas Family Code governs the filing of divorce, determination of in the event that there are children involved, the determination of which parent is provided the um, exclusive right to determine the primary residence of the children, It also covers the division of property and assets, and the Family Code goes, um, extends far beyond divorce. It it extends to people who have children together um, outside marriage. It relates to grandparents' rights. um, That's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot, and it's highly complex and and just fascinating the way that the law (laughs) looks at the placement of children. and involves complicated medical, um, psychological issues, um, forensic accountants. But it all begins with uh, fault or no fault? Well, in Texas, we have both. We um, have a no-fault ground called insupportability. Mm -hmm. We also have fault grounds that are limited to cruelty and adultery. And so why would uh, somebody want to file for fault when you could just file for no fault? That is such a good question. Um, In cases of cruelty um, where there has been um, emotional or verbal abuse um, and in cases of adultery, the court allows a disproportionate share of the community asset to be awarded to the victim. Okay. But it's a very insightful question because a lot of people choose the no-fault route even when they've been severely emotionally damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it really oftentimes is a matter of choice. It's a matter of what one is psychologically able to tolerate. Mm-hmm. Because you would have to explain that to the judge, right? And expose your own heart and feelings in a public forum, which Mm -hmm. is often very difficult to do. On the other hand, um, a lot of people going through that process feel a need 
um, to communicate their pain to a judge, mm-hmm. to have their to have their story told in a forum that in which they are hopeful that a fact finder will embrace their version of facts and find comfort in that release of their pain. So it seems like we have somebody who already is calling in and has some questions. I understand. Do we have Steve? Can you hear us? Uh, Yes, I can. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Um, You are live on Talk Law Radio. What questions do you have? Well, I hope you can help me. Um, It's kind of a sad situation. Uh, I have a special needs son, uh, 37 years old. I'm guardian. Me and my uh, now ex-wife are the uh, guardian of him. Um, we've supported, we have three generations living on a house, but my wife left, uh, months ago and filed a divorce on me because she, she, I guess, burnt out, you know. Um, but now it's time to do the annual, uh, report on his guardianship. And I'm kind of curious whether you could help me. Uh, she wants to remain a co-guardian, which I have no problem with. They're still close. Uh, but how... Do you have any input on how I can keep both of us co-guardians, even though she's in Fort Worth and I'm here in San Antonio? Well, Lisa, this sounds like a cross between guardianship and a suit affecting the parent-child relationship. If well, somebody's uh, disabled as a child, then the, doesn't the family law court have jurisdiction over that? Well, it sounds to me that Steve's question is based on an existing guardianship, so it might be input from both you and me. Mm-hmm. From a div- yeah, it is it is a joint guardianship, mm-hmm. and it's been in place since uh, 2002 or something. It's in probate court too, uh, and it is in the final divorce agreement that we are, um, I guess, co-guardians. I forget the exact word in, but I'm just curious: can I modify the? annual report that I have to turn into the court, or do I have to approach the court or find a lawyer? Yeah, I think that you'll have to do something in the guardianship court because the statute's clear that co-guardians have to be married to each other. Okay. Um, She has implied that if I need to take over sole guardianship, she'd be okay with that. Um. So it it would be best for you to agree among yourselves who who would remain as guardian and then just okay. communicate that to the court. If not, then the court will have to decide which of you is in the the child's best interest to remain as guardian. Okay. But okay. then it, I think it's also going to be a subject of your of your divorce. Right. Would that be something I need to retain an attorney on, or should I? Can I approach the court directly on that, and uh, like in writing or or such? What would you recommend, Lisa? Well, I think you're always better off, Steve, to at least book time with a lawyer for consultation, and at least get some guidance. Um, I am not a big fan of paying for legal services that you do not need or the, for things that you can do yourself, but Amen. I think <laughs> I think that it in a case like yours, it would be a good idea to get some legal advice. And in terms okay. of the guardianship, if you were to call us, we would be referring you to Todd Markwart for the guardianship okay. issues. Okay. Does that answer uh, your question, Steve? 
I think so. It sounds like we can just modify the existing uh, guardianship then. Because, uh, I mean, we've already had all the background checks and, you know, like I say, years of guardianship. So we just need to drop one of us as right. a guardian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think that uh, shows me which direction I need to go. Thank you for calling. Okay. Thanks for doing what you're doing there. Have a blessed Thank day, you. Steve. Thank you for calling Thank in. You. Okay, so next up, Lisa, with you've been doing this for such a long time. I wanted to find out from you what what's going on now that's sort of new that you're concerned about and that you would like the the public to have a heads up on. Well, I'm not I think these things are somewhat cyclical and I'm not sure that what we're seeing is indicative of changes or allegations being raised in the law throughout the state or even throughout Bear County. Um, but because Bear County has such a high um, number of uh, people who are subjected to domestic violence and a high number of people with children who've been abused, we're seeing lots and lots of those cases coming in. Um, the most tr- the troublesome part, of course, is always the child who's been abused equally, or maybe nearly equally, are the numbers of false complaints being raised against alleged abusers. Sometimes those allegations are raised um, with people who are um, delusional. Sometimes they're raised um, for secondary gain. Can we talk about this again when we come back? Don't change that channel. You're tuning in to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we just finished our last segment speaking with attorney Lisa Vance about divorce laws. Thank you. As we broke, we were talking about the trauma that happens with false allegations of abuse, either against a spouse or against a child. And I think one of the questions that Pastor Dan raised while we were um, off the air was how, or maybe it was Todd. How do you fight that allegation. Right. Um, that allegation is um, has to be fought clinically. It has to be fought um, with the um, use of and advice from um, psychologists, medical witnesses, um, people who are trained in the gentle um, examination of children. But yeah, also, I bet that's tough. It is tough. Um, it takes a lot of training to know how to talk to a child about um, what may or may not have happened to the child, Mm -hmm. how to explore whether the child is merely repeating data that one parent or an outside influence or someone has coached the child to say. And then if there is some level of credibility, or even if there's not, the parents are going to be evaluated. And those evaluations are done um, medically. They're done from a psychologist. We are blessed in this city to have phenomenal psychologists who are trained in that field who help us a great deal. 
And if this ever happens to somebody, they they need a lawyer right away because they could be facing lots of trouble from different angles. Oh, you betcha. You bet. I mean, clearly there's a need for a criminal defense lawyer, and um, there's always going to be a need for an experienced family lawyer who's aware of the ability to prove or disprove those allegations because, unfortunately, some of them are true. But mm-hmm. it's devastating to be falsely accused. Yeah. It just seems like a very heavy process to go through because when you're going through a divorce, you would think that it's just the married couple and only they're being affected. But really, it affects a lot of people and it brings in a lot more than just the two of you. That's exactly right. It If you are involved in the business and that rumor gets placed even when it's proved to be false. Your reputation is affected in your marketplace. You're affected in your personal relationships, clearly affected in your family. Um, Even when it's ruled out, there's often still that specter, which is frankly why people make these false allegations. Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, ask you about your practice again, since we're talking about the kids. And earlier I I described you as a a fierce advocate for your clients, Um, but you you also have a collaborative model as well. Tell us about what that means. That means that not every case has to be the situation described in the old movie Kramer versus Kramer. (laughs) That means that uh, parties can come together, put their issues on the table and resolve them in a calm, anxiety-free, hostility-free environment. And in a collaborative context, um, each party is represented by a lawyer. My preferred methodology is always to include a psychologist who actually leads a team, and it's a team approach. Um, the, The benefit of the collaborative law procedure is that you're not limited to the family code. As an example, the family code stops child support when the child turns 18 or graduates from high school, whichever is the later of -hmm. those conditions. But in a collaborative context, people discuss college, vacations, who's buying the denture, the, sorry, braces, white (laughs) dentures, (laughs) Um, braces, summer camps, you name it, things that are far beyond the parameters of the family code. Thank you for sharing and answering the, those questions about divorce and, and child custody. I'd like to uh, talk to Pastor Dan about uh, what he has seen in his uh, experience as a pastor. Tell us about um, what issues are typically brought up in the church. Um, in the church, my experience has been that most of the time, when couples come to their pastor uh, to talk about their marital issues, it's almost always too late. Um, on a few occasions, it's possible to turn things around, but um, I would say that more than half, easily more than half of the times, about the only thing that I could do as a pastor was to refer them to a lawyer. Um, I learned over the years to try and be as honest as possible with people 
And whenever couples came to me, one of the first things that I would ask them was, is either one of you no longer committed to this marriage? Uh, Because sometimes people came for counseling in an attempt to let the other one down easily. Um, And it was... It was not mean, but it was still deceitful. It was kind of like, you know, we're going to go to counseling and and we're going to pretend that we tried really hard. And so the the other person starts thinking, oh, there's a chance. Maybe we're going to make it. And then out of the clear blue sky, the first person says, no, I'm ready for a divorce. So I would ask couples point blank, if either one of you is no longer committed to this marriage, now's the time to say so. Um, because if you're not, you're not helping the other person by pretending to try counseling. Um, but there were times, thank God, there were times that um, marriages were saved. Do, are people afraid to come to the pastor or the church because... They, they think the church is going to say, don't get divorced no matter what. Is that what they're afraid of? I'm not aware of too many churches that say that any longer. I, I, I think there might be. Um, it depends on the church and the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, some pastors are scarier than others. Uh, some are more welcoming than others. Um, some churches... I can't think of any examples right off the top. I can't think of an example of a church that is uh, that judgmental any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does the Bible say about divorce? I think the Bible is very clear about divorce. Um, and what it says, my opinion is that what the Bible says is that a casual attitude toward divorce is contrary to God's will. Um, my favorite chapter on divorce in the Bible is Mark 10. And there's a parallel in, Mark ni- in Matthew 19. And, and I like it because it's, it's a twofer. And I never understood the connection very well until recently. The section begins with the Pharisees coming to Jesus and asking Jesus, is it okay with God for us to divorce our wife for any reason? That's their question. Mm-hmm. Is it okay with God to divorce for any reason? And because Jesus was a rabbi, he turned the question right back on them, and he said, okay, you guys are Pharisees. You guys know the Bible. Mm-hmm. So what does the Bible say? And they refused to answer. <laughs> Jesus points out to them that um, from the beginning, God never intended divorce to happen. Um and he, and he goes back to the very beginning. The Pharisees say, well, Moses said it was okay. Moses said we could just write a letter of divorce and that would be the end of it. And Jesus says it was for the hardness of your heart that Moses said that. So Jesus teaches that divorce was not what God wanted because even the best divorces, the friendliest divorces, are still painful. It's like having a death in your family, right? It's the death of a marriage. And I used to tell people regularly, um, a divorce does not end a marriage any more than a death certificate ends a life. Um, 
you write a death certificate after a person has died. You write a divorce after a person, after a marriage has died. Um, but it's a death. Um, and so what is the gospel? In that same section in Mark 10. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus tells them you know, God never meant for a divorce to happen. And in the very next section, it starts with some people brought children to Jesus that he might touch them. And I always thought, this is weird. Why do they have this tough teaching about divorce and then immediately after it, this beautiful story about Jesus welcoming children? And, and it took years for me to, to, to think this way, but I think what was going on there, if you know the story, some people brought children to Jesus that he might touch them and the disciples told them to go away. And I thought, the church has done that to so many people. The disciples told children to go away. The church tells divorced people to go away. Uh, The church tells all kinds of people to go away. And children 2,000 years ago were even more helpless than they are now. They had no rights, legally, no rights whatsoever. Parents could sell them into slavery with no social ramifications at all. Um, And Jesus gets really angry and says, let the children come to me. And those are the only words he says. But what I hear Jesus saying is, let everybody come to me, Um, especially all of the people that everybody says go away. Well, don't turn away from your chat, from your radio. We are going to come back and talk more with Pastor Dan and Lisa Vance on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. from Talk Law Radio. Now ask him your estate planning questions. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die or become disabled instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need to meet the Marquardt Law Firm. RSVP today for their latest seminar at 11 a.m. November 12th at the Grand View of Westover Hills at 8627 Lakeside Parkway in San Antonio. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas. We are joined with attorney Lisa Vance and Pastor Dan Muller on the topic of divorce laws. And Pastor Dan was sharing with us about the common problems of the church turning away people from joining and hearing the word of Jesus. But, Pastor, very often wasn't it said that it's the sick who need their doctor, not the healthy, and why turn them away? And it was Jesus who said that. 
It wasn't just anybody. It was Jesus. It's the sick who need a doctor. Um, Jesus got a lot of got into a lot of trouble because he welcomed people that the religious establishment of the day refused to welcome. Um, it happened two thousand years ago, so it's hard for us to to really relate to it very well. But in the religious establishment of Jesus's day, the blind, uh, the crippled. Um, Pharise- um, tax collectors, not Pharisees, tax collectors, um, women of the night, um, they were all outcasts. They were all told to go away. And Jesus got in trouble because Jesus welcomed them and um, Jesus ate with them, which was a sign of, of tremendous intimacy. So um, would you say that uh, the divorced should turn to Jesus? Everybody should turn to Jesus. Okay. One, of my favorite, um, one of my favorite churches in San Antonio is First Press downtown. And uh, Dr. Louis Abindon was pastored there for many years. And Dr. Abindon used to tell a story. I love this story. Um, I hope we have time for it. Um, a young lady in Mexico was living in a small town, and she was tired of the small town. She wanted to move to the big city. Her mother was afraid for her because she was afraid of what things happen to young girls right. in big cities. And so the young girl saved her money. She bought a bus ticket. She moved to Mexico City. Mom saved her money a little while later and bought a bus ticket, went to Mexico City. And because she had not heard from her daughter for a very long time, she had some posters printed, and she posted those pr- posters everywhere she could. And on the poster, all it said was, whatever you have done, whatever you have become, just come home. I love that story. Uh, I think that encapsulates the gospel. Whatever you have done, whatever you have become, just come home. Isn't the message about unconditional love? Absolutely. Um, Jesus Jesus is love in the flesh. Um, He doesn't just talk about love. He lives love. Um, He died love. He came back to life love. Um, And nobody, nobody loves more than Jesus. And so if you're out there and you're wondering about divorce, you probably need a lawyer and you probably need a pastor. And uh, because it's not something that you want to go through alone. Right, Lisa? I think it's always um, an easier path to have support Mm -hmm. because these we are all human beings our relationships are going to end, um, not necessarily always in divorce, but not. It, but many, many, many of our relationships will not last mm-hmm. forever. And so the key to knowing how to end those relationships with as little pain as possible is, the, is, is how they are structured in the law and what the procedure is to be able to... Um, to affect a reasonable and safe and the least anxious outcome possible. 
There's so much more that needs to be explored on the topic of divorce. And as Mr. Marcor has recommended, you should probably find a pastor that you can trust and an attorney to help you with any counsel. But Lisa, what number should they call if they decide they want to contact you for a consultation? Well, our firm's number is 210-582-5887. But let me just say, there are lots and lots of great family lawyers in this part of the state. We are blessed to have a plethora of really smart, really talented, really fierce, compassionate people. Um, and I don't, I, I couldn't even begin to, to list them, but it would be, but there are lots and lots of folks out there available to help. And Pastor Dan, if they decide that they want to meet you on a Sunday and be a part of your congregation, where can they find you? They're not going to find me because I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Buckner Fanning used to do commercials for churches. And one Easter Sunday, he did a commercial. He was standing in front of a gate that said, for members only. And Buckner said, you will not find this sign on any church in San Antonio. I believe that. Um, I don't know all the churches in San Antonio. Uh, I retired at Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church. Shepherd of the Hills is a very loving congregation. Um, Lisa attends Travis Park Park United Methodist Church. Uh, There are are lots of great churches. Um, My favorite churches in San Antonio are Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church, uh, Christ Episcopal Church, and First Press, uh, First Presbyterian. Um, I think people that ignore the church are missing out on on a lot of help and a lot of blessings. Um, um, it's scary to to go any place for the first time that that you don't know anybody. It's scary to walk into a bar for the first time uh, if you don't know anybody there. Uh, but you'll never know until you try. Uh, so I try. Well, thank you for trying with us, Pastor Dan. But, Todd, around this time, don't we normally talk about legacies? Yeah. So, Lisa, you know that we do estate planning and elder law at Marquardt Law Firm. And so at this point in the show, we like to ask our guests about legacy. Is there a legacy that you've learned that you'd like to share with us? Um, Yes. Thank you, Todd, for that question. Um, We were raised by um, uh, fiercely compassionate parents in my family. There are four girls. And our parents um, were amongst people in San Antonio who sat at at lunch counters with African-American friends during the 60s. And as little girls, we were led to um, the away from white only bathrooms and away from white only drinking fountains and um, worked closely with that group. Oh. So we have we have a long history in my family of standing up for um, people whose um, religions are different, um, whose um, sexual orientation is different, whose philosophy is different, and I'm very grateful. I'm very, very grateful to That's my parents. Beautiful. That yeah, is that, absolutely beautiful. That is a really terrific and, and passionate filled uh, legacy that you've learned. Thank thanks. you for sharing. And thanks to them. Right, yeah. 
Pastor Dan, how about you? Is there a legacy that that you've learned? Um, my legacy is a whole lot simpler. Um, although it's similar, my dad was a pastor, and he was the first Lutheran pastor in St. Louis to welcome black members to his oh, church. Wow. Uh, the pastor before him said, uh, black people will enter this church over my dead body. <laughs> Oh, uh, God bless. And he died on a Sunday morning after shaking hands at the front door. Oh, goodness. Literally. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, sometimes God has a sense of humor. Um, my legacy is simple. Uh, I would like to be remembered as um, a great dad and a great grandpa. Um, if my kids and my grandkids remember me, that's, that's all I want. And I will be grateful for that. Yeah, my granddad sat me down one time when I was a little kid, and I was asking him if he was going to run for office, (laughs) if he was going to be a politician. And he said that wasn't part of his uh, life goal. And the only two things that were important to him were his faith in God and his family. And I'm sure he said a whole lot of other things, but that's the part that I remember. And and so when times get tough in my life, that's what I think about, too. Um, you know, what would God say about this, and how does this affect my family? Those are all really great messages. Unfortunately for myself, I'm still trying to think of what my own legacy would be. I know it would have to be something on value, so one day— One day we'll explore my legacy. Okay, good. (laughs) We'll put that on hold. So if you have questions about the law or questions about your faith, I I suggest you reach out to a family lawyer like uh, Lisa Vance. What's her number? The number she gave us was going to be 210-582-5887. Or go to lisavancelaw.com. That's L-I-S-A-V-A-N-C-E-L-A-W.com. And if you have questions about your faith, uh, go to church, any church. Find a church and uh, talk to somebody there about what they believe, and I'm sure they'll ask you what you believe And then you can walk through those uh, difficult and complicated uh, family issues that that come up in life. Uh, It doesn't have to be something that you go through alone. And if you need help reading the Bible, you could join a Bible study. Uh, My church uh, frequently has Bible studies that are just groups of church members talking about what they think it means. And uh, I know that I was helped by some terrific friends uh, in the Bible studies that I've been a part of. So if you need help, frequently you can uh, look at law and gospel uh, with an attorney or with a pastor. Or you can always watch us again on TalkLawRadio.com. But tune in next Saturday when we have our next guest at Barbara Lambert from Home to Home for Seniors here on TalkLaw Radio with Todd Marcourt, 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings. See you next time.